Three Peaches. Okay. Let's talk about, um, do you like to eat peaches normally? Is that a fruit that you enjoy? Uh, a bit. Just a little bit? I don't know when the last time I had a peach was, um, years ago. I stopped eating fruit and I'm going to die soon, probably. There is a song about peaches. There's an artist named Peaches. This movie inspired a whole movement. The peach movement? Yeah, it turned Georgia into a peach city. It put peaches on the map. It turned Georgia into a city and made it a peach city. (laughs) Atlanta? That's in Georgia. I don't know the states. Um, I heard they grew a peach in space. Space Beach? Uh-huh. Um, in one country, they made a peach a princess. Oh, yeah. The yeah, whole and, Mushroom Kingdom. Yeah. In there, that's where they put them. So it's progressive to let a peach rule over mushrooms, I think, because they're not even the same type of uh, organism. One's a fruit, and the other one is mushrooms, which are funguses. You can eat both. And sometimes both can be fatal. (laughs) Is it specifically the uh, mixture of peaches and fungus? Yeah. You gotta be careful when you combine them together. Because if you don't, you're dead. Wow. (laughs) Have you ever had amnesia? Uh, no. I don't remember if I have, I guess. (laughs) And that <laughs> That's might be a the good point. point. Yeah. Um, I don't think I did. One time I forgot that uh, my brother and his friend existed. I didn't really forget they existed. Um, we were walking from the mall to the Best Buy in about 2004 to buy World of Warcraft. Uh, and there'd just been like a big blizzard because it was just like right after Christmas. So we walked, I don't know, like a mile and a half to the store across like ice mountains and stuff and we're inside best buy and i started to acclimate and i felt like my brain unfreeze and after that point i couldn't find them so i spent a very short period thinking maybe that i had just invented them and had just been living a delusion that had finally resolved itself but uh later i found them playing in like the refrigerator section which is a weird place to go in Best Buy? Yes. There's, There's a refrigerator? Oh, okay. Yeah, I they've thought... got furniture. You I got know. you. Do they have I refrigerators? Was, I was thinking, like, it was the section where they kept, like, refrigerated food or something. No, no. They were just playing with refrigerators and, like, with uh, recliners and stuff. I got you. Yeah. Um, that's probably the closest I've ever come. Uh, well, welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to this week's edition of the Raincoat Report. Um, from context here, talking about peaches and amnesia, uh, you would be right to guess that this week we are talking about 1978's Pretty Peaches, obviously. Uh, what else I, could you guess? Um, I don't know. Pretty Peaches 2 or 3. Probably. Yeah. Um, so I'm Boss and I'm here with Jeremy once again. Hello. And uh, this is... Our third episode yeah. of the podcast. Yeah. Jeremy, how does it feel to be a uh, podcaster on episode three? It feels pretty good. I feel more sure of myself. You know, sometimes 
I don't feel so sure of myself. But this time right now I am. That's I've excellent. committed to it. I've wrote critical essays of each film that you will be forced to endure. Well, that's great. Yeah. That helps, these uh, critical essays. Yeah, they're going to be maybe published in Playboy. Do they still publish Playboy? I think they were, and then they weren't, and maybe they're going to again. I don't know. Okay. I feel like the odds are, at this moment, that there's a 50-50 chance that it's being published still. Let's go down to a newsstand later and check. Yeah, let's go down to our local newsstand. Yeah, our news dealer. He's just down at the corner with his cabbie hat. Sitting in the same library, bub. <laughs> um, so we'll, we'll get to that. Anyway, uh, yeah, Pretty Peaches. Uh, it's pretty good. Let's let Boss talk about it a little bit more. Go into some depth on it. Yep, we're going to do that. Um, before we dive into all of that, um, I wanted to start by talking a little bit about the resurgence on home media of these mm -hmm. classic adult films that we've been talking about. Um, give, with us, a, give us your perspective. Well, my perspective it. is that it's pretty cool that there are now... Uh, multiple labels digging into uh doing you know hd 2k and even 4k restorations of these uh adult films that have languished for many years um some of them have only had like video transfers that were made back in the 80s just recycled mm. on dvds for years and years beautiful third generation copies with no problems at all yeah yeah and there have been, uh, you know, some things that haven't even made a DVD release. They got some VHS release back in the 80s and never went anywhere. Mm -hmm. And there's still, there's probably a handful that never even got a VHS release, although re releasing adult films on VHS was kind of a pretty huge market, so they probably mined that pretty heavily. Mm -hmm. I can see that. But we live in a world now where... Uh, Physical media has been slowly on its way out, so being, it's, it's being banished. It's being banished in favor of streaming and renting access to things rather than owning copies of them, mm -hmm. which is you know cool. It's convenient, but uh, it's like life's a hotel room in the nineties, and it's like oh yeah, let me pick out some butt slinging hoe bags oh, for the evening. Butt that, slinging hoe bags. Is that um? That's probably a title. Yeah, that probably is. We'll probably get to it in a yeah. few weeks once we find it. Yeah, I was at Cirilla's, and that seems like about the quality of like what they had. <laughs> <laughs> so, definitely one of the uh, biggest names out there doing this right now is Vinegar Syndrome. Uh, they have uh, been, for the past few years, releasing these movies by the boatloads. Uh, some double features, some bigger uh, uh, deluxe edition Blu-rays, limited edition slip covers, all that fun stuff. But uh, the these at least these first four films that we're reviewing on this uh, podcast were all put out by Vinegar Syndrome. So big shout out to them. Yeah, thank you for making this possible with your caring love and restoration. <laughs> um. For your dedication to blowjobs. Dedication to blowjobs is something that can be, uh, you know, well appreciated. 
July 4th. Tune in. Listen to us. Salute to blowjobs. Tribute to the troops. We'll, uh, we'll see about that. Okay. I'm just pitching ideas. Uh, <laughs> uh, Vinegar Syndrome's not the only group uh, doing these sorts of restorations, although they're, they seem to be, by percentage, doing the bulk of them. But um, Synapse Films has done some releases of uh, some uh, Golden Age adult films on DVD. They've also done a lot of the Japanese... Uh, Pinky violence, uh, oh, yeah. sexploitation-y madness type films, right. which we'll uh, dig into at some point. Yeah, we're going to get to those. Uh, Severin Films has put out a few things, more on the sexploitation side, but they have put out at least a couple titles that uh, have included uh, hardcore sex as well, including The uh, Sinful Dwarf. Mm-hmm. Um which we'll probably dig into at some point. It's, I'll watch it's, anything with a dwarf. It's a, it's a real take a shower after you watch it sort of film. Okay, I'm going to take a shower. Well, I'm going to watch it at home, but I'm going to wait till I get over here and take a shower <laughs> so I can be fresh in my mind. You should just watch it while you're in the shower. Uh, that's a good idea. I'm going to get a little... Maybe they sell rainproof little TVs down at the newsstand? Uh, I think so. Okay, good. We'll pick one of those up, too. Uh, on top of that, uh, Code Red's put out a couple titles, kind of the dip into the adult area, including uh, Joe Diamato's Porno Holocaust and Erotic Nights of the Living Dead. But uh, I, th- I think that it's worth mentioning that these uh, releases by these cool companies doing cool restorations is kind of what got me really digging into these uh, adult films of the past. <laughs> Um, and in particular, the film that we're talking about today, Pretty Peaches, was one of the first ones that I watched when I started digging into this. And uh, boy, is it a film. How did it feel revisiting it? Pretty good? Uh, it felt good. It really reinforced my opinions about it, which we'll, we'll get into right. here a little bit later. Yeah. Um, it's, a, it's a film that I have uh, some conflicting feelings about. That's fair. But uh, it is very... Uh, it really goes for something. Yeah. It doesn't... Uh, it's not afraid to show you the real truth, uh, the underbelly of uh, America and the way we treat our amnesiacs. <laughs> uh, that's probably a, a good way of looking at it. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's um, it's that's a lens I viewed it through. Uh, maybe I should, as we kind of walk through it, maybe I should look at it through that lens as well. Yeah, and try maybe, try your best. Uh, maybe if I take it more seriously as a work of uh, you know, social uh, deep social commentary. Social commentary. Those yeah. are the words I was looking for. They're in there. Yeah. But. Uh... Anything else about them restoring those fine, fine films and making it fun to own stuff again? Um, no, just uh, I would uh, recommend anybody listening who has an interest in home media to check those things out. And, uh, hey, maybe we can get uh, some of those people to sponsor us. I'd yeah, love but... to sell out for pornography. Oh, yeah, I would love to. Um, definitely, I want to be in the sleaze industry as my life's goal. I'm going to slide right in there. (laughs) 
So, uh, you know, if anybody uh, from one of those groups is listening or if uh, anybody else out there wants to advertise with us and give us money, uh, drop us an email at raincoatreport at gmail.com, which I I have secured. Excellent. Always. My car broke down, and then that was my world this week. (laughs) Uh, But it cost $20 to fix, so really um, it was mostly just me being depressed. I understand that though, because yeah. like you're just in those help helpless type of situations. Yeah, your car's broken down, so you can't just easily I can't drive, drive somewhere. Yeah, you can't drive away from your problems when your car doesn't work. <laughs> um, so uh, you want to get into pretty peaches after we uh, come back from a little break? Uh, yeah, let's go ahead. We'll take our first little break here, and then we'll be back walking through pretty peaches. Okay, honey. Now you go right on in. And be sure to be downstairs at exactly 8.30. And do just what Uncle Percy says, and he'll get rid of your amnesia for you. For certain? For certain. All right, so today we're here to talk about Pretty Peaches. Uh, Pretty Peaches is a 1978 film directed by Alex Dorenzi. Alex Dorenzi was one of the more prolific directors on the West Coast when it came to pornography. Uh, In fact, he is credited for making the first full-length hardcore feature shown in the U.S., uh, a pseudo-documentary titled Pornography in Denmark, A New Approach. Uh That sounds very educational. We should definitely uh, watch that and become educated in the future. We should definitely watch that and become educated in the future. Pretty Peaches uh, is believed to be based in part on Terry Southern and Mason Hoffenberg's novel Candy. Uh Candy itself Mm -hmm. was thought to be based on a satire uh, by Voltaire called Candide, although Hoffenberg has dismissed this reference and kind of downplayed the artistic merit of the novel, noting that it was written just with uh, himself and Terry Southern writing back and forth to each other. Pretty Peaches is not the only film uh, in the hardcore space based off of uh, Candy. Uh, Released more or less the same time frame was The Erotic Adventures of Candy by Gail Palmer. Okay. uh, Which is also thought to be uh, based off of the novel Candy. Right, right. Uh, more directly naming the main character the same way. Yeah. Uh, Both films kind of cover the same basic idea of a mostly innocent girl bouncing from place to place and being taken advantage of, although I would say that uh, they take a very different approach. Pretty Peaches is definitely uh, going down a weirder and maybe slightly darker path <laughs> morally it's morally questionable um for sure i think morally questionable is a very good way to describe this yeah, film yeah uh it does go down some like very bizarre paths um with regards to the amnesia thing which we're gonna talk about okay so we'll go ahead and dive into our step-by-step through the film and uh, talk about it along the way as per usual Mm -hmm. so pretty peaches uh cold open straight to a shot of a gas station 
We see a station wagon pulling in, and uh, we see Terry and Kid yeah. uh, in that station wagon. Yeah. Terry, uh, we believe, played by Ken Scudder. Yes. And then Kid, played by Joey Silvera. Yes. Uh, both of whom have passed from this mortal coil in recent years. Uh, yes. Ken Scudder left us in 2018, and I believe Joey... Not much later in uh, 2019. Got it. Yeah, they're um, so don't write them. Don't write them any fan mail. But uh, <laughs> maybe try to find their graves. I mean, if you can, yes. Yeah. And uh, pour out a cold one. Yeah, use a find a grave site. That's the second time I've mentioned that. So maybe we can get some sponsorship from them too. Uh, raincoatreport at gmail.com yeah. find a grave wants to give us a little bit of money yeah, we'll, we'll uh, uh, promote you every week yeah well uh, you know if people need to find their ancestor I'm not going to finish the ad until you pay us there we go you got a, you got a taste of what you can expect find a grave Yeah. Uh, the first taste is free the rest you gotta pay for exactly so the station wagon pulls into the gas station with our uh, deceased heroes. Mm -hmm. uh, actually, heroes is not a word to use for them in this film at they're, any point, really. They're rapscallions. They're misfits. They're like uh, the bandits in uh, Home Alone, more or less. So we get introduced to Kid and Terry here. They're arguing a bit as the attendant watches from inside. They turn on a hose, and uh, Terry yells at Kid for getting his legs wet with the hose. At that point, the attendant walks outside and kind of protests them using the hose, saying that there's a water shortage. Uh, they explain that they're filling up their canteen, and they want to get a drink. Kind of uh, aggressively in the attendant's face, saying they just needed a drink. The attendant says he just wanted to make sure they're not wasting it because of the water shortage. Uh, he also says, I've already got a hell of a water bill. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> Peaches then pulls up in a Jeep. She is played by the gorgeous Desiree Cousteau. Yeah, I would agree. That's a good assessment of her looks. Uh, she looks awesome in this film and is one of... One of uh, those key things that I can always point out at this film and say, this is great. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, it's a, it's a short list, maybe. <laughs> um, so she pulls up in a Jeep and asks the attendant to check her oil. She's wearing a red one-piece outfit with a booty short-type bottom where you can see plenty of cheeks. Oh, no. She asks how far Virginia City is, so we get a little information about what her destination is. She asks to use the ladies' room and brings her suitcase with her. Mm -hmm. We then see Hugh, Peach's dad, standing in front of a building looking at his watch. A cutaway to a different location. Yeah. Uh, John, Peach, John Leslie there. Yep, the yeah. uh, incomparable John Leslie there with a, with a mustache and beard. Yeah. I uh, didn't really recognize him at first. No, he looks like a Texas oil salesman, but we never really get into his career. Not really. We know what he's into in his personal life. We'll get plenty of information about that. Yeah, he likes to keep those two things separate. That's understandable. Yeah, uh, he's a filthy man. 
I mean, but, aren't we all? That's true. Especially the gas station attendant. Yeah. Yes. Filthy. Filthy. Proceed. Uh, so yeah, John L- Leslie playing Hugh, who is Peach's dad. Uh, like I said, I didn't really recognize him at first, mm-hmm. uh, and I didn't really recognize him the first time I watched it, just because I wasn't so familiar with the key players in the porn industry. Right. Uh, but the second time that I watched it, it took a couple scenes before I realized, oh, that's John Leslie. He's yeah. just got his beard grown out, which is not common in his films. So he's checking his watch. Uh, obviously, it, we're getting an indication here that he is uh, waiting on Peaches, and she should have been there by now. Yeah. So we cut back to the gas station, and the attendant's working while uh, the the attendant's working on Peaches' uh, Jeep while the uh, the dudes Terry and Kid look on. Peaches walks out in a different outfit, a pink frilly dress, and chit chats a bit with the attendant. Yeah, uh, let's not forget to mention that the attendant takes the time to sniff her seat when she goes to the bathroom. <laughs> that is a very important point that uh, I completely left yeah, out of my notes. Uh, it, it stuck out to me. I was like, "This is going to be a real film." It sure is a real film. Uh, we get the info here that she's going to her daddy's wedding today. So then we cut to a bar where Hugh and his fiance Lily, are getting a drink as they wait for Peaches to turn up. Hugh notes, that girl's just like her mom. She's always having too much fun to be on time. Peaches, during the course of this film, has very little fun, to be honest. Yeah, uh, I mean, yeah, she actively does not enjoy her situation uh, throughout most of the film, Uh which... uh, she kind of takes it in stride, kind of like a Lucille Ball sort of like stereotype of a person. Right. She's just like, eh. <laughs> but uh, I think a more traumatized uh, reaction would be realistic. But, you know, well, Alex Dorenzi likes to have fun. We'll get to that along the way. One thing I can say about Alex Dorenzi is uh, pretty much, I, I've only seen maybe three of his films from the 70s, mm-hmm. but all three of them are very problematic. Right, well... That seems like his thing. Now, once he gets into the 80s and we get into Pretty Peaches 2 and 3, he's he's settled down a little bit. He's still making good. nasty pornography, but it's a little less... Uh, Someone had a conversation with him maybe about what consent was. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe a little bit, and he at least updated himself to the 1980s definition of consent. Thank God. God bless America. Uh, we see Peaches driving down a curvy road in her Jeep, and we get the title card, Pretty Peaches. Oh. We cut to the wedding chapel, and the bride and groom are walking down the aisle, that being Hugh and Lily, is uh, Peaches' dad and future stepmother. Yeah. Peaches pulls up in her Jeep and parks. We cut to the vows, and Hugh is putting the wedding ring on his new wife's finger. Peaches walks in just in time to miss the I do's. Uh, Hugh asks where Peaches has been and says he hopes she didn't mind they started without her since another couple was booked right after them. Peaches congratulates them, says, Congratulations, Lily. I mean, Mom. Lily responds, Mom, she does not seem to be into Peaches calling her mom. No, they're probably only like, I don't know what the age gap between them is, but she probably resents that, I imagine. So Hugh kisses Peaches on the cheek and then walks back up to his bride and the officiant now pronounces them man and wife. 
They kiss and hug, and Peaches gets up and ki- hugs the both of them. Now we get a little bit of uh, character development for Lily, who really doesn't have a ton of character development in this film. But she asks for money to be able to play slots. Uh, Hugh hands her $100, and she says that's not enough. They want to play some serious slots. So Hugh (laughs) gives them some more money. Lily and Peaches are then going to town on some slot machines. We've cut to the casino section of the place. Yeah. Uh, by the way, this is taking place at the Silver Queen Casino in the real Virginia City, okay, where, California. Okay, I wasn't sure where Virginia City was. The name is misleading. Uh, it's a gambling tourist town. I actually found an article on the Rialto Report website where they showed the mm-hmm. then and now pictures of the locations. Yeah. Can um, we uh, make a trip there still? Uh, we could. It's okay. still a little tourist town. All right. Can we go to this casino? Yes. It's still open. All right. Let's go. Um, let's go do some serious slots in Virginia City. We should. Uh, also, the gas station in the opening is a deli nowadays and oh. still open. Oh, man. We could get sandwiches and play slots. I'm going to, I'm going to move. Uh, there's another location I'll mention later once we get to the appropriate scene, and that will be that would also be an interesting place to visit. All right. I'm taking uh, the Peaches, California tour. We're going to go on the Peaches, California tour, yes. <laughs> Hopefully we have a better time than she did. As I said before, Lily and Peaches are going to town on some slot machines, and a waitress brings them in Hugh shots on the house. Hugh says, I want to tell you something, Peaches. This is the first time I've ever been in love. And Peaches says, but Daddy, what about my mother? And Hugh says, oh, well, except for her. <laughs> Lily asks Hugh to do some gambling with her, and Peaches watches them from a few feet away and takes another shot. She seems to be maybe jealous for attention here. Peaches congratulates them again and calls Lily Mom once again, which she's not too keen on. And uh, Peaches leaves, seemingly frustrated. Uh, Hugh tries to chase her out when he sees her leaving, but she pulls away in the Jeep just in time to uh, miss Hugh running out. So we see Peaches zooming down country dirt roads in her Jeep. And then we cut to our two goons from earlier, Terry and Kid. They're working on their car, which won't start now, and they're pulled over near one of these country roads. They're pissed off at each other and cursing at each other. Yeah. Um, Terry turns to see the Jeep zooming by and yells, Hey, lady, get over! She doesn't, and she zooms through and hits some brush and through some trees, and her Jeep ends up grinding to a halt in some tree branches. Did her impact seem especially hard to you, or was it... It felt pretty soft to me. It's It seemed pretty soft. Yeah. Let's be enough, real here. Enough to jar her. They didn't have the stunt coordinator. Yeah, on Alex site. Dorenzi hasn't really been shooting a lot of action movies, probably. Right. This is just, yeah. <laughs> this is about as well as he could do. And really, it doesn't look bad. It's just, you think that based off of uh, the effects of this crash, that maybe it would have been a little more dramatic. Right, yeah. Uh, but, you know, uh, I'll buy it. So. After the Jeep grinds to a halt, uh, Peaches gets up out of the Jeep and slowly wanders around. We see Terry and Kid walking down a leaf-covered hill, and they find Peaches collapsed on the ground. 
They have an exchange there. Do you think she's dead? She might be. And one of them says, man, she sure is pretty. Yeah. Eyeballing the corpse. Uh, it's suggested that they get help, but they note that help's far away. They check for heartbeat to make sure that Peaches is still alive. Uh, though there seems to be more titty fondling than needed. Yeah, well, they're using a medical technique that they saw on television um, where you loosen the clothes. Uh, it, yes. Yeah, it was on television. Uh, they they decide they're going to wait there to see if she comes to and say again in unison, she sure is pretty. They decide that they're going to loosen her clothes, which right. they, they found out about on TV. Yeah, uh, probably on... Um, one of the many cop programs of the 1970s. They they question how much they should loosen, but they decide the looser the better. Yeah, yeah. So they pull the top of her dress and their bra down. Do you think those panties are too tight? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> so they decide at that point that they need to take them off. Yeah. But they say, remember, we're just trying to help her. Right. So that's their uh, attempt to remain professional. They're using first aid. This is what they were taught, you know. So as they take Peach's panties off, she starts stirring a bit, but she's still not conscious. They right. kind of gawk at her a bit here. Uh, one of them notes, ain't never seen a pussy like that before. <laughs> they start feeling some slight guilt. What if she wakes up? But Kid decides he's going to go for it. Yeah. He starts kissing her crotch before unzipping his pants, and he puts her hand on his dick briefly. Mm -hmm. uh, Terry is pacing, and he goes back to the Jeep that she crashed in. Kid pulls out his dong and strokes before mounting Peaches. Yeah. Peaches is still stirring a little bit, but unconscious as Joey is going at it. You think Sorry, this is... Kid. Yeah. Not Joey. Yeah, Joey you... Silvera as Joey Kid. Joey Silvera as Kid, the lovable rogue. Uh, do you think that this is also all first aid stuff that he learned from watching TV? Uh, depends on what he's been watching. He's kind of doing sort of like, uh, sort of a CPR with his dick in a way. I suppose. He's There's definitely to, a rhythm. He's definitely stimulating um, the lower portion to, you know, get blood circulating again. And eventually, uh, if high school anatomy serves me well, it'll work its way up to her heart. And then she'll revive. That makes sense. Okay. I think that the I science is solid there. Yeah, that was um, that was in about 2003, so that might have changed it since then, but you can go back and look. Yeah, you know, science evolves. Yeah, science is constantly evolving. Certainly in 1978, this all made sense. Yeah. As Kid mounts Peaches, we get the music kicking in, which I noted is jazzy piano with drums and farty bass. <laughs> the stomach ache sounds. <laughs> uh, Peaches is still out but somehow she's also grabbing Kid and pulling him toward her somehow mm. uh, Terry is still in the Jeep and he's smoking Kid is pumping away while Peaches is basically fully into it now despite being unconscious there's some slight moaning and facial expressions yeah. uh, and she's grabbing him but her eyes are still closed and we're to believe that she's still unconscious Kid then pulls out, and he comes on her legs. Yep. Terry jumps out of the Jeep and runs over. Terry then pulls her panties up and her top up as Peaches starts coming to. 
Terry then sits her up and she's awake here, asking, What happened? How did I get here? Who are you two? Hey, I feel sort of funny. You boys didn't do anything, did you? <laughs> and so we get to see the beginnings of uh, Peaches and how the world treats her. Yeah. Uh, they deny doing anything, but Peaches notes that her panties are on inside out yeah. now. And we all know. We know. Yeah. That's what matters. Yeah. For shame. Yeah. Kid says that they were just passing by and saw her taking a nap and... They asked if she's okay. She says she feels funny. She can't remember her name or where she's from, though. So here we establish that she has amnesia. Uh, they suggest some names to her that might be her name. None of them are Peaches, and she can't remember. They suggest that she comes along with them in their Jeep. So they're, <laughs> uh, they're going ahead and taking over her Jeep. Right. Uh, and saying that it's theirs because she doesn't remember anything. Mm -hmm. Peaches says that she's just going to stay there, so they go to leave, and then Peaches decides that she should go with them. The guys are a bit hesitant about Peaches joining them, but note that there's nothing for Miles, and if she regains her memory, they'll figure it out. And so they all drive away together. Yep, off to sunny San Francisco. Yes, yes, off to San Francisco. Yeah. We cut to the newlyweds, Hugh and Lily. They pull up at a flea bag motel, as they call it, in the mm -hmm. car. Hugh's worried about Peaches because she stormed off and he doesn't know where she is. And Lily tries to downplay it. And she says, this is my honeymoon. Think of me. She's got some personality traits to her. Yeah, she's very, uh, it's her honeymoon, goddammit. Uh, they enter a mo a motel room, uh, and this place is very elaborate and in like a really old, like maybe eighteen hundred style, yeah. but like really bold colors. Mm -hmm. So Lily goes to change, and Hugh starts undressing. We then see him reading in the bed. We see Lily walking out in lingerie, uh, sheer red panties and a sheer red top with some fuzz near the collar. She says, we're going to learn to make perfect love together. <laughs> Hugh unties her panties as she's kind of grinding on him. He's reaching behind her butt, fingering her from behind. Yeah. She starts blowing him, and he takes his pajama button-up off. He rolls her over and then mounts her, holding her legs up and going to town. Yeah, he has like this technique where he kind of like like puts his whole body into it and kind of just like a jump a couple times. It was quite a maneuver. <laughs> he's uh, he's really getting the job done. Yeah, he's uh, well, it's our honeymoon, you know. You gotta treat her right. Uh, I noted that at one point he pulls out and then he rubs his penis on her pubes, and I also noted that there are lots of pubes here. Yeah. And then he pushes back in. Most of the sex here is either side is shot from the side, and uh, there's a little bit shot from behind. Mm -hmm. She says, "You're doing it to me now. You want to go on? <laughs> you want to go with the train? There's there's like some train background noise. Uh, I guess that was their cover up for the fact that it was ruining their uh, recording. There, slight rumble in the background. Right. Yeah. Uh, then he pulls out and he comes on her pubes. Uh, I noted that he was very sweaty and he chuckles a bit before bending down and making out with her more." <laughs> 
I noted that's apparently how marriages are consummated. Yeah, that's uh, that's what they'll teach you in school or on TV. She gets on top of Hugh and strokes his dong a little bit more. And we cut to them smoking in bed, and she lights both of their cigarettes. There was one maneuver I think uh, Willie did that uh, rivaled John Leslie. Uh, she just like licks his face like all over for a couple seconds, and it's. <laughs> It seems, I don't know if they're like, yeah, do it. If that was his, uh, Alex Duran, he's like, lick her face or, he's, or if that's her move. But uh, I appreciated it. Yeah, whoever's decision it was. Uh, thank you. Uh, this is this is the important information here yeah. on the raincoat report. Uh-huh. So they're smoking in bed. Lily lights both of their cigarettes, but Hugh's still worried about peaches. Uh, Lily notes that she's probably back in the city now. We cut to the Jeep driving down the expressway, driving through the city, and then parking in front of the building. Mm-hmm. And we get to uh, just a fascinating f- sequence of film. Oh, yeah. it's um, You kind of go into another movie for about five minutes. We don't get the full backstory about what's going on, but uh, Kid says to be downstairs at 8.30 and mm-hmm. to do what Uncle Percy says, right. and he'll get rid of her amnesia, quote, for certain. Yeah. Uh, Peaches is now in a black evening dress. Um, as she leaves, Terry asks Kid, what if she does get her memory back and they might not be able to keep the Jeep? Because right now they're keeping the Jeep because she doesn't know any better. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and they need a way they to told get around. her that it's theirs. Yeah. Joey explains that she might be rich, so there may be a reward for her return. So that's another possible positive of them keeping de- going down this road with peaches. Yeah, they go down like uh, to we're going to help her find her memory to like maybe we can do like kind of like a Patty Hearst thing and get some money out of this. So. What we're seeing now is the Paramount Theater, and uh, it is a place that's still open today, and you can go to the location that the events I'm about to describe happened. Wow, it's like, uh, yeah, it's like the kind of like, it's kind of like a giallo setting where there's like a lot of mirrors and a lot of like uncertainty about like what building you're passing through is, um... Yeah, so it's we, very disorienting. Yeah, we cut to inside, and Peaches is walking downstairs and whistling. Um, she comes to a room with a couch and a gaudy carpet pattern. Mm-hmm. And then she goes to a room of mirrors. She turns around in front of a mirror door, and then as she's looking the opposite direction, it opens up, and Uncle Percy pulls her inside, gripping her by her breasts. So then they're in what appears to be a public restroom. A real public restroom that today you can visit at the Paramount Theater. Is it uh, it gender neutral? Is it men's or women's? Well, Well, it's... They they do have urinals. They had urinals, so it was probably men's. It was... Excellent. It could have been gender neutral, but it's 1978, so probably not. Probably not. I would love to go there. Uh, this is a place where a piece of filmmaking magic happened. Yeah, I mean, like pictures of me, like, squatting on the sink. <laughs> <laughs> Uncle Percy pulls her and pushes her toward a wall uh, between two urinals in the bathroom. Peaches is startled by this, and Uncle Percy asks her for her name. And she says, I don't, 
she says she doesn't know and uncle percy says in response oh good uh that's uncle percy's favorite type apparently um we should pause a moment and talk about uncle percy and what he looks like go for it uh if you've ever seen rescue rangers he looks like norton nimnal the little bald uh red-headed red-mustached professor who is constantly getting up to hijinks and maybe also <laughs> a little bit like doc from uh back to the future I was thinking uh, Dr. Wiley from Mega Man. I could also see that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. He is a mad scientist type, you realize very quickly. He is not someone who is licensed to practice by any board or association. I think that most reputable medical professionals don't operate in a public restroom. I'm going to disagree with you, but we'll talk about it another time. Very well. We'll agree <laughs> to disagree. So Uncle Percy is rubbing her down, and she pushes him away and explains that he's frightening her. Uh, Uncle Percy turns and starts peeing in a urinal as he lists possible names that could be her name. Peaches admonishes him for peeing, saying that he should excuse himself. (laughs) So after he's done, Percy listens for her heart by laying his head on her chest, (laughs) and she pulls away. She says she doesn't think he can treat amnesia at all, and she's leaving. So Percy chases her and pulls her back. He assures her that he can help. Uh, He needs to get a device out of his bag. He reaches in and grabs a paper bag, which he puts over her head. He tells her to take a deep breath, and then he pulls out her breast, uh, the one one breast that uh, is opposite the side where she has a strap going over her shoulder. It's a one-strap breast. Yeah, a little over-the-shoulder one strap. So he can easily just pull down the dress a little bit to pull her titty out. She doesn't wear anything that a a stripper wouldn't wear, basically. That's true. Yeah. But it is a a fairly nice dress. It's It's not like a strip. It's not necessarily a stripper dress. It's a a dress a stripper would wear off-duty when they wanted to feel nice. Yes. There we go. I could see that. Put that bag over her head. Yeah. He puts the bag over her head. Uh, He pulls out her breast saying he was making sure she took a deep breath. He had to pull her breast out to make sure. Yeah. And then he dives under her dress, at which point she screams. She pushes him down and says, "That's that wasn't a very nice thing to do. And she puts her titty away. She goes to leave again, but Percy insists again. At this point, he pulls out an enema bag. She says, no, in oh no after seeing it. <laughs> Uncle Percy says, but you want to be somebody, don't you? Whatever that means. I think it, it's more that he, he's, okay, he's referencing that she doesn't know who she is, so she's not somebody right now. No, yeah, I get what he's... Okay, so yeah, I get it now. When yeah. I read my notes, it wasn't clear, but in yeah. context, it makes sense. Yes. So then he puts on goggles, as one does when administering an enema. Yeah, goggles and like, uh, he's got like a little rag he wears on his head, or, I don't know, he's got like a cap. He says, here we go, and then she's leaving again. He tells her to bend over and say, ah. So she puts her knee up on the sink, and Percy pulls up her dress to reveal her panties. He pulls them down a bit, adjusts his goggles, and puts on some gloves, and then he puts on a shower cap. That's oh, okay, what it that's was. what it he was. He does it here. He has her hold the enema bag. 
she asks if he's sure he wants to go through with this uh as if he was the one who was uh not sure about it <laughs> we see him then insert the nozzle of the enema hose into her anus <laughs> and then he pours water into the enema bag and he takes hold of the bag that peaches was holding at first she pleads that she's filling up and doesn't have room and he starts he then takes a bucket of water yeah and pours it starts pouring it into the enema bag classic prank uh, after a moment he pulls out the nozzle and we see her shoot water out oh yeah the shot switches to percy who gets hit by the stream of water and in a really over-the-top slapstick manner slips and is knocked off of his feet he tries to get up and he slips again. And then we see her uh, rectum pulsating and shooting several streams of water out before she rubs herself a little bit and then stands back up and reties her panties. Uncle Percy is still on the floor as she walks away. Percy looks up happy before his head falls back to the floor. She asks Uncle Percy if he's all right. But she notes that he really wasn't a nice person, and you really shouldn't fool around back there. <laughs> uh, I watched this scene twice. I went back and watched it again with total amazement. Um, before this, like the sex that had happened was, you know, it was pretty conventional, right? Uh, type stuff. Just you know, some P and V action, uh, a little blowy here and there. But uh, this really sets. It sets the stage for future events very nicely. Uh, I don't think I've ever actually watched an enema before. Well, but, now you uh, have. I have, and it was probably the best one that's ever been recorded. Um, I mean, I, it's it's done in a very good production. Yeah, it's a very high-quality enema. Um, and that's all there really is to say about it. Uh, I will note that uh, there is a film called Water Power. I believe oh. it's directed by Sean Costello. Uh-huh. And uh, it is heavily about enemas. Okay, well, let's add that one to the list. Uh, I'm not sure. Yeah, we'll probably watch it. Yeah, let's, well, let's watch Water Power. We'll do it in a couple. We'll do it next year. Uh, I know that code red releasing said that they were going to do a new high definition release of it but that was over a year and a half ago so i'm not so sure and uh i saw some back and forth on message boards that make me think that they probably don't actually have the rights to do it so it might never happen but i think that uh there may be a way to get a gray market copy of the most uncut version of it available because it was heavily cut at various times in home video release. That's really disappointing. Uh, but we will see what we can find and maybe they'll announce a, a new fancy release soon or maybe we'll watch a nasty ratty version at some point. I think that would probably be the best version. We then see the guys waiting outside in the Jeep as Peaches returns to them. Your uncle is no doctor. I don't think he can cure anything, she tells Kid. And she tells him that he's a that uh, Kid's uncle is a pervert. Yeah. Kid says she can stay with them tonight, uh, but she needs to get a job in the morning. <laughs> we cut back to Hugh and Lily uh, pulling up to Hugh's house. Hugh's still worried about Peaches, and Lily keeps trying to dismiss his concerns. 
As they walk to the door, we see Katya answer the mm-hmm. door. Katya is a maid that I noted was dressed like a real slut. Yeah, she was very, uh, it wasn't professional, and uh, that's uh, Juliet Anderson, who we talked about in Dixie Ray Hollywood Star. Ah, yes. Yeah, so she's back for another round. Uh, yeah. But this one's in the past from that one, so she's gone back to the future. This definitely seems like something you would buy as costume wear from a porn store. Yeah, definitely. Um, but it works, you know. I think we'll see pretty soon why it's not a very professional outfit. So, Hugh introduces Katya and Lily. Katya doesn't seem to be aware that Hugh was getting married, and Lily doesn't seem to be aware that Hugh had a live-in slut maid. (laughs) Uh, Hugh notes that she takes care of his house and says, I know the two of you are going to get along very well. Katya explains there's a package on the sofa for the new missus. So apparently she did know that the new missus was coming, but she didn't act like she did at first. Yeah. Uh, we're not going to get too picky about the screenplay here. No. Steam, steam, steamroll forward. Lily goes to the couch excitedly and picks up the package. Uh, it's, it seems like kind of like a, a bucket with things hanging out of it or something, wrapped up in paper maybe. We don't see what's in it, but... That's what we see. Uh, Katya goes outside and picks up their luggage out of the trunk and just, she's really haphazardly throwing it on the ground and treating it roughly. She's being pretty petty. She's not happy about this this new lady that she may or may not have known about. Uh, We cut to Hugh in bed. Lily walks into the room and she's wearing a white fishnet bra and panties with Mm -hmm. the, and she's got the package from earlier. She gets on top of him, kisses his chest, and she has him suck her nipple. She pulls out a dildo from the package. Hugh says, I thought you quit that stuff, whatever that means. I guess this is this is that mindset that uh, sex toys aren't necessary once you're married or something. Yeah, you know, like, I'm all the man you need. You need to throw away your various dildos and devices and ticklers and such. Um it's an absurd feeling to have, I believe. Yeah, I think. Anything you can have to... Anything to, you can stick in those holes, you should just put your hands on. That's, that's a good point. Yes. As they're handling this dildo, Katya is pacing outside the room. Lily says that this package was a wedding present from Daddy, which I wrote down as being an odd qu- uh, thing to say. Mm-hmm. Like, is she talking that her father bought her a package of dildos for her wedding? Um, I didn't analyze it too closely, but that's exactly what it sounds like. Uh, I don't know about that. I don't know if there's anyone... Like, Daddy couldn't possibly mean Hugh because Hugh was surprised by the dildo existing there. Yeah, I think she means her actual dad. I think in a in the porn world, that's just a normal gift. I think in the Alex Dorenzi porn world, that's a normal thing to have happen is have yeah. your dad buy you a, bo- a big old bouquet of dildos. Yeah, he answer the door and they've got that fruit gram guy there, but it's just all dildos. It's a dildo gram. Yeah, it's a dildo gram from Alex Dorenzi Creations. <laughs> so Lily is uh, starting to suck off Hugh. 
And then Katya walks in the room basically immediately. Uh, Katya interrupts what's going on here, saying she's worked for him for five years, and now he brings home, quote, this sex freak? And she says that it's impossible, and she quits. So he's pleading with her and asks her to come back. He says they're just playing a game and she should relax. She says that three could play this game. Lily reluctantly agrees to this. So they undress Katya as funk porn music starts, as I noted. Yeah. Oh, uh, back up just a moment to yes. the to the um, enema scene. Mm-hmm. The music sounds like Herb Alpert and the Tijuana brass. It's very like silly. It's, <laughs> <laughs> it's uh there's a lot that works together in that scene to make yes, it an unforgettable a, piece of cinema. Yes, uh you're going to want to watch it twice. At least. It, at least. Oh. Are we getting emails? I should probably silence my doodle bopper. We're getting sponsorships. Yeah, those are our sponsorships coming in. That's a check. George Soros sent us a bunch of money. <laughs> We're helping to destroy Western civilization by talking about smut on the internet. So they address the maid as funk porn music starts. The package, we find out, had a bunch of sex toys, and they're going through them as Dad penetrates Katya from behind. Dad being uh, Hugh. Yeah. Uh, I noted that amongst all of the things there, there was a Dog World magazine on the bed. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I thought was bizarre. Um, I think that maybe it was supposed to be porn magazines, but they just threw whatever magazines they could find down, right. which is, would be a classic low-budget movie move. Yeah. Um, I'd imagine that nobody noticed it until we had this uh, high-definition scan on Blu-ray of yeah. this film to watch. There's a, a second where you can see Lily pass by the camera, and she's got like a wrapper stuck to her cheek from one of the toys. So <laughs> there's some good stuff. Uh, Katya goes down on Lily. Hugh keeps railing Katya from behind as this is uh, as this goes down. Katya rolls over and Hugh gets on her missionary. Um, I could see where Lily might be a little upset about this being her wedding night that he's banging this maid and focusing really all on the maid. Mm-hmm. Although he is trying to keep her from quitting. Yeah, this is a really tough situation he's been put in here. Yeah, he's got to put his negotiation skills to the test. Lily starts kissing Katya. Uh, they roll over sideways and Hugh keeps railing Katya from behind in a sideways position. They go back to missionary and Lily's licking Katya's nipples. Uh, Hugh pulls out and comes on Katya's chest. Lily licks uh, Hugh's dong clean. Katya says, oh, it's so slippery, and then grabs his dong and says, it's still hard. She asks for more, but Hugh says, that'll be all. (laughs) He's had a rough, busy day of coming. We cut to Kid and Terry and Peaches all laying in a bed together. Mm Mm-hmm. Kid rolls over and starts kissing on Peaches, and she tells him to stop. And then Terry rolls over and starts kissing on her. The guys tell each other that they should leave the room because both of them are trying to make their move on Peaches. Peaches says she can't sleep like this, so she gets up and she leaves the room and tells them that they can play with their own selves. (laughs) 
they start bickering for, with each other. Um, do you think they always just sleep in one bed, like uh, kind of like Charlie and Frank from Always Sunny, or do you think this was just like an attempt to try to make moves on her? I'd like to think that they always sleep in a bed together. They seem like the type. They seem they're a very goonish duo, so that seems like the move they would make. They seem like the type, kind of like Frank and Charlie, where they can't really exist on their own. Yeah. Like I guess Frank did for a while, but once the show starts and he mm-hmm. seems to like descend mentally degenerate. Yeah, yeah. he's degenerating <laughs> as the show goes on. Uh, which is which is a real thing because in the early seasons he's very sharp. Yeah. And then the later seasons he's just further and further degrading yeah he's that is a show that the characters definitely have development yeah that's good development it would be fun to watch these two um they mentally descend further from where they are uh always getting into pranks but yeah they 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 have to live together they have to sleep together or else they can't really function in society i think that's it so peaches yells from the kitchen for them to go back to sleep as she pours cereal and uh milk and she starts reading a paper. Back in the room, the guys are still fighting. Kid pulls out a gun, and Terry <laughs> tells him to put it away. He asks if it's loaded, and Kid says that it isn't. Peach is in the other room, is looking for a job in the paper. She sees a job for dancers and says that it's twelve fifty a month. Uh, we'll get back to that number here in a minute. Yeah. Uh, she rips out the ad and puts it in her bra. Uh, we then cut to Peach's... In an office with a guy. Yeah. He says that if he's going to give her five bills a week, she needs to show him something. So he asks her to dance. So note that he's offering her $500 a week, but mm-hmm. the ad itself was only twelve fifty a month. So yeah. maybe it has something to do with uh, the number of hours that you I get. I think it's, part, it's just part-time work, um, as you see. I don't think it's something your body could repeatedly stand up to. Well, yeah, this this is not something... We'll get to it. <laughs> uh, so, the guy asks her to dance, and I note that she's doing a pretty bad job. He tells her to lift her skirt a bit so he can see her legs. And she does. Uh, he says that $500 is a lot for a week's work. Uh, He then asks her to take her dress off. She's really reluctant about this, but he's reinforcing that it's a bunch of money, so she reluctantly does it. Mm -hmm. Uh, I made a note here in my notes. Tits rocking. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Because Desiree Cousteau is gorgeous. Yeah, she's got ample breasts. She's got a perfect body. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, I prefer her with longer hair, which you can see her with longer hair in some other films. But even here with her shorter hair, you know, she's she's looking great. This makes her look more innocent. She looks like a little like a, like a page boy. <laughs> cut, you know, she's like, oh, look at me. I'm just like um, Oliver Twist. Just a lost little urchin. Then he asks her to take off her panties. She is not into this and protests a bit. But then he tells her, you don't want to be punished, do you? Yeah, which it's a job interview, and but he just becomes Buffalo Bill really quick. Yeah, it's uh, not not great. Yeah. Um, what I read part of when I was reading kind of like a little bit about Desiree Cousteau is she was getting tired of being like sexually propositioned for movie roles before mm-hmm. she became a porn actress. Um, so I think this is kind of, it's a little, maybe probably a little autobiographical, even though she didn't write it. Right. Yeah. 
So she slides them off, and he gets a good look at her and throws her a piece of lingerie to wear for the audition, as he calls it. So it's uh, she puts it on, and it's this slip, but it's all torn up, which is one of several different note, uh, several different things that should tell you that uh, things are weird here. Yeah. Uh, he tells her that she's been a bad girl, but Peaches em- uh, emphatically says that she's been good. Uh, he says that she's been screwing Ruby's girlfriend. Uh, she has no idea what she's talking no. about here. Peaches is emphatic that she has not. So then we see a woman appear in the doorway who is Ruby, and she has a big meaty strap on, as I called it. Yes, it's it's, it's uh, yeah, girthy. Ruby says, "I'm gonna fuck you, bitch." Uh, Peaches says she doesn't think she wants to work here and starts to leave, but more girls start coming in and a guy, and they pin her down, and then more people start trickling in. They hold her and tie Peaches down. Uh, The crowd watches as Peaches is fucked with a strap on. They sit on her face. Oh, one of the girls who sits on her face, she spreads her labia like across uh, Desiree's face. Yes. It's quite a feat. Yeah, I, I noted here that uh, very one of the girls has very stretchy labia that she keeps pulling. Um, there are other girls with strap-ons that are running around the audience members, uh, swinging their dongs around. <laughs> uh, this turns into more or less a strap-on gangbang of peaches. Mm-hmm. Uh, I noted this scene is nuts. Yeah, and it's, there's a whole lot going on. Uh, there's Yeah, there's a lot going on here. I noted that this is the least consensual scene of the film. Oh, yeah. Uh, the entire time this is happening, she's pleading and yelling and crying, which is uh, not very erotic. No. Um, this is like what I thought like Rocky Horror was going to be like when I was a kid. Like, what was going <laughs> on here? Um, it's a lot tamer than that, for right. sure. But uh, I'm glad someone was around to bring that to life. Right. The scene ends with the music stopping and the girls hold up a giant double-headed dildo and they start cheering. Peaches is crying out and the audience leaves complimenting the show. Peaches is just crying loudly and alone. And I was like, wow, this is a very depressing end to a weird scene in a porn flick. Yeah. It's, uh, how long do you think they left her there? Um, I don't know. As we cut to her returning to the guy's house, um, I'm not sure when all of that happened. No, it's uh, hazy. So she's returning to the guy's house. Uh, she's As she's walking to the guy's house, she's talking, and then she says, wait until they hear what happened to me. So she walks in, and Terry's laying on the couch, feeling, feeling on a girl's boobs and smoking weed. Kid is on another couch with another girl. Uh, He introduces Peaches as anonymous. Yeah. Peaches says she was just going to tell them that a bunch of girls raped her today. They respond as anybody would treat that news with uproarious laughter. Right. They're upset because they're trying to spend time with these girls and keep it positive, but she's really harshing their buzz. Uh, Peaches says they're just trying to screw these little girls, uh, and she calls them perverts. Yeah. One of the girls says, 
Did you ever think maybe we want to get screwed? Peacha says she had a horrible experience today that might mess up her personality for life, but they don't care. I noted this is her most astute observation of the film. Yeah, she's she doesn't know who she is, but she's at least gaining self-awareness. She storms off into another room and slams the door. Then we get to focus on the dudes here. Mm-hmm. Kid is sucking on the girl on his girl's boobs. I'll say his girl because yeah, it's the girl with him, and I don't, I don't know, who, know her name. Yeah, I don't know who's playing these people. Everyone's uncredited, and most of them are billed as like sex performer one and two. So yeah, that's not very clear. Yeah, maybe in the future we can look back with uh, our poured and hardened eyes and recognize everyone for who they are. Yeah. Uh, then he mounts this girl from behind. I make a note that he's wearing a bandolier with bullets. Uh, also a blue button-up. Th- and I'm not sure. It looked at first like she was wearing a chain with some weird charms around her waist. But mm-hmm. then in another shot, it looked like she just had a bra on that was like still tied around her midsection. Right. Uh, so I'm not sure if it changed between shots or I just didn't see it right the first time but whatever terry's playing around with uh his girl we'll say as she giggles kid is doing this girl sideways from behind on the couch while and while this is going on terry comes crawling down this ladder in their house and he says that kid needs to take care of this woman because he's all out of steam so Terry has a completely exhausted himself, and now Kid's going to have to take care of both of these women. So Terry collapses on the floor, and the girl that was with him follows him down as Kid's still going to town in the background. Uh, she crawls into the chair next to the couch that Kid and the other girl were on, uh, and he's mounted this girl that he was having sex with missionary. Kid then pulls out and comes on her chest, and she sucks his dong clean. (laughs) Peaches emerges, saying, You little girls ought to be ashamed of yourselves. The girls laugh at her, and Joey is still, or sorry, Kid, still making out with the girls as Peaches leaves. We then cut to Peaches walking across a golf course, lightly crying. Yeah, how did um, did she get to a golf course? Looked like she went up a ladder and then she was in a golf course. Do they live underground like hobbits? Perhaps. That, that would make would be, sense. Their whole relationship at this point is very bizarre. I think there really should have been a Kid and Terry, uh, the further adventures of. Yeah, yeah I could see there being a good uh, amount of uh, interest in what they're up to, what they do. Yeah, they're, um, they're enigmas. So she's on this golf course, Mm -hmm. and as I put in my notes, here comes Paul Thomas on a golf cart. (laughs) He asks if she needs help, and she explains to him her troubles. So he invites her to join him in his office at 2 o'clock, and we learn that he's a psychiatrist. He says it's a beautiful day. So then we cut to... Peach is back at the guy's house, getting naked and then getting dressed. Or no, she is naked and gets dressed. Yes. Kid is still hanging out with these chicks, fingering one of them at the moment. 
So he's been going at it for a while, long enough for Peaches to go to a golf course, come back, and get dressed again. It's not that long if you accept my thesis that they live under a golf course. I suppose so. Yeah, Maybe it is just a just, couple minutes. She just comes up on the green on like the ninth hole. <laughs> Peaches leaves them a note that she's going to see a doctor with the address of the doctor for some reason. Mm-hmm. I guess, you know, to make sure that they can look after her, I guess, because she has been taken advantage of repeatedly. And they've shown so much that they care about her well-being up to this point that it's necessary they right. know where she is at all times. Right. Uh, to note, Kid is having sex while she's writing this note with these uh, two ladies. Mm-hmm. She signs her note, uh, Love Anonymous. One of the girls seems to be going to town on the other one's asshole with her tongue. Yeah. Uh, I no- I noted that. That was an important detail. That's good. Like, Alex Dorenzi wasn't afraid of you to show what really goes on in the bedrooms. He wasn't here to present uh, prettified notions of sexual congress. That's true. Uh, he was here to show his enemas double-ended dildo orgies and analingus analingus the stuff that matters we cut to peaches in the doctor's office uh wrapping up telling the doctor everything that she remembers he tells her that sometimes what seems like a mental problem may be a physical one Because of that, he tells her to go undress behind a partition while he goes and gets his equipment. Mm -hmm. From his uh, medical exam room, which we checked with uh, our psychiatrist friend, and they assured us they don't usually have those. She seems a bit reluctant to go uh, undress as he commanded her, but she notes that he's cute, and a doctor wouldn't be a pervert. Uh, I noted that she's back to making bad judgment calls. Yeah. She had a brief moment of insight that's uh, fleeting, probably because of the amnesia. So we cut back to the doctor in the other room. It looks kind of like an exam room. It's totally white with cabinets and a sink. I noted that there's an eye chart on one of the cabinets, and but there also appears to be at the edge of the screen what appears to be a clothes dryer. I think so, a little bit. He's, uh, maybe he just lives there. Perhaps. Yeah. Uh, he's now wearing a lab coat, and he grabs a stethoscope and a blood pressure cuff. Uh, we cut back to Peaches finishing with her undressing. And then uh, the doctor walks in with a cart full of stuff. So we then see behind the partition, and he's going down on Peaches. We see a shot of Kid and Terry looking in the window uh, at what's happening here. Apparently they got the note that Peach has left her, left them, rather. Uh, The doctor is rubbing her vagina and coaching her on touching herself. He says, put it in like a little dick. (laughs) He pulls out his dick and she starts sucking it. I noted this is the most consensual sex that Peaches has had in this film, and it's still quite problematic. Yeah, it's pretty dubious. Uh, The guys are watching through the window, still. Uh, He bends her over on the couch, and they do it doggy style. 
And we move to sideways uh, boning on the couch from behind. I noted there's some funky soul music playing. Yeah, the I, f- I forgot who the song's by, but the song with the words is called Where Have You Been All My Life? And it's a, <laughs> it's a funky little jam. Uh, he pulls out and comes on her pubes. She says, Doctor! And she says, I'm so happy. You don't know how I've been mistreated. He tells her from now on he'll take care of her and to trust him. We cut back to the guys outside the window and they comment that now she's gone. They suggest checking the registration on the Jeep to find who owns it, thinking this can be used to get cash from uh, reward money. Right, yeah, we're back to that plan. So we cut to Hugh with Lily and Katya. Um, Hugh's getting dressed and Lily is too. They're preparing for some sort of event. He notes that he may be getting too old for this kind of thing, whatever it is. I noted that Katya here is clearly jealous of Lily. Dad mentions, Hugh, he mentions, what is it, an orgy? And Lily says she couldn't be so lucky. Little do they know. Yeah. Uh, Katya threatens to quit again. <laughs> we then see the guys in the Jeep approach uh, Hugh's house. They're discussing strategy and don't have it figured out. Suggestions include murder and trick-or-treat. They go ahead and ring the doorbell even though they haven't figured out what they're going to do. Lily goes and answers the door. They don't know how to respond when she answers. Uh, Terry opens that they have a secret and if if she gives them $1,000 each, they'll tell her what it is. I know that this is a bad starting position for a negotiation. Uh, did they really address how they... Did she have like an address book on her or how did they find that? Well, they said that they were going to look up the registration. Oh, that's the right. I remember that early. Yes. Uh, we, did, we, didn't cut, we didn't cover it, but that's important. Yeah, they didn't say that... Uh, they didn't have like the scene where they looked it up because that would have been like a terrible scene. Right, yeah. Him down and at the just, like, department, like the DMV, just trying to figure out who owns this Jeep they stole. Right. So yeah, it starts with the bad negotiating position. I'm going to say, I've never kidnapped anyone before, but you shouldn't go door to door to make your demands. Yeah, probably not. You don't want to be you don't want to be identified. I know that. Well, I think that here they're not necessarily they're trying to get a imaginary award here, an yeah. imaginary award. Yeah, to uh people They're not who... necessarily I don't know. They are tech. I guess they are kind of blackmailing They're at this point. Some extortion, you know, just some light extortion, but which is fine. You know, they have something they want, but don't do it door to door. And if you do, maybe wear a mask. I noted that Lily rightfully says that that's a lot of money for something when she doesn't know what it is. She shuts the door in their faces. <laughs> so they go back to their Jeep and they decide. They'll follow them out when they leave because they, they noted that they looked like they were getting ready to leave mm-hmm. for some reason they've gathered that. Yeah. Uh, but they're going to follow them and see where they go. We cut to a party and the doctor's introducing Peaches to everyone. And we see people around the party talking about amnesia. The doctor promises tonight we're going to cure that amnesia. And he tells her to go have a good time. We see Hugh uh, leave his home, 
and we see the Jeep following Hugh. They show up at a house, but no one seems to be there. Uh, the guys who followed them say that the place looks familiar, and then one of them realizes that it's the doctor's house from earlier. So the doctor is working out of his house. Yeah, I kind of, his sign was, once again, we really don't know that he's that much of a doctor. She met her, she met him on a golf course and then uh, banged her at his house. I think the sign was maybe like a little piece of paper that just says doctor's office. Yeah. So Lily waits outside while Hugh walks into the house where it doesn't seem like anybody's there. Uh, and then Lily sees Kid hiding in the bushes. So I feel like she should be alarmed at this point that she sees him and recognizes him from like 20 minutes earlier or whatever. But she just says, oh, it's you, the salesman. How's the secrets business? <laughs> Kid explains that they found a girl with amnesia and she might know her. Lil Lily realizes this is probably Peaches. She asks where Peaches is and Kid says she's here. Lily says, oh no, explaining this is a swingers party. She explains that she had tricked Hugh into coming to this. Uh, she is getting a bit uh, overwhelmed by this, but they assure her that she should loosen her clothes, and they start undressing her. Mm -hmm. We cut to the inside, and Hugh's walking around and doesn't see anybody, and he's in the kitchen. And then a naked woman walks in and asks if he's Charles. He says he's not. She grabs some booze. Uh, she explains that Charles is her date tonight. Uh, noted that Hugh was probably not expecting naked people from what we've found here. And she, he's obviously a bit uh, surprised to see a naked person. But she drags him into the sex room where people are all lubed up and fucking. <laughs> I noted that, uh, you know, everybody here seems to be covered uh, head to toe in oil or lube or it something. It is a really greasy orgy. I don't know how anyone maintained grip for very long, but God yeah, bless them. I'm surprised they aren't sliding out of the room and off of the bed. And yeah, I was just, I was kind of waiting for that to happen. It's like a real orgy, though. There are like bodies packed. Yeah, you know, they're asses to elbows, as they say. Yeah, they're they're really packed in there and going to town. Uh, I noted, what is everybody greased up with, and do you really want it in your mouth? <laughs> we see peaches in the mix doing some sucking. We see a pull-out cum shot. Oh, peaches is getting it from behind and playing with some guy's balls from behind. Yeah. Um, then she's sucking while getting railed. We cut back outside where kids with Lily. Uh, more funky soul music as the orgy continues. Uh, then Lily works her way inside with everyone else, and we see that Hugh has gotten into the mix. Um, there's a lot going on here, so there's I'm just going to pick a couple highlights but you know sure. there's a lot going on it's an orgy after yeah. all yeah. um i said everybody's banging all over the place all kinds of sucking and fucking oh yeah they and get down to it and i noted at this point one guy has four fingers and peaches yep um i think the that's why i called him dr fister earlier i think okay. i don't know if it's him but he did like just jam four fingers up in her like when they first met yeah <laughs> 
Uh, I noticed somebody blows a load on Lily. A guy's doing peaches from behind, and then she's leaning over another guy's shoulder who's doing another girl. But this guy whose shoulder she's leaning over is Hugh, her dad. Oh, shit. Uh, Lily sees Peaches near her dad and tries to intervene. Peaches rolls her dad over off of the girl he was doing and starts blowing him. She doesn't hear Lily. Lily finally gets Hugh's attention and saying, No, stop! Hugh's asking her why she's even in there, because apparently even though Lily brought him to this party and he's gotten to sucking and fucking, he thinks that Lily shouldn't be in there? Uh, maybe he didn't just see... Cause she kind of tumbles in through the do- the double doors. Maybe he just didn't see her come in, because he was, you know, right. like face deep in someone's butt. So Lily just yells, Stop! It's incest! <laughs> At this point, he uh, looks down to see that his daughter is blowing him. Uh, Noted that she has amnesia and doesn't realize that it's her dad. So he yells, Peaches, what are you doing? At this point, she then recognizes him and yells, Daddy, and starts hugging him. I know they're still naked. Yeah. In the middle of an orgy. Yeah. Uh, Then Peaches climbs over to hug Lily. A happy family reunion. Yeah, I said an amazing family reunion, but definitely happy uh, happy amazing family reunion Hugh seems a little less happy he seems to be kind of flustered by the state of the world that he's been drawn into Peaches keeps yelling daddy and mama <laughs> and says we could be a real family now uh, Hugh as you noted is upset and leaves uh, which causes Peaches to start crying again <laughs> then she goes back to hugging Lily and crying more uh, and I noted there should be a no crying at the orgy rule. That would be good. Um, unless that's what you're into. Yeah, I mean, I guess. I don't know. I think a general rule. I think everyone should have to agree before there's any crying. Uh, yeah. And then we finally get our the end title card. And we get to uh, digest and try to figure out what we just saw and yeah. whether or not we're good people for having enjoyed it. It's true. All right, so uh, that more or less wraps things up uh, as far as going through Pretty Peaches. Uh, Pretty Peaches is available on DVD from Vinegar Syndrome and also in a uh, trilogy three-pack with Pretty Peaches 2 and 3 on Blu-ray from Vinegar Syndrome. So uh, if you want to see the uh, smut that we just went through, that's a place to uh, see it. All right, we're going to take a quick break here, and then we'll be back with our review section as we talk about what we think about Pretty Peaches. Well, what we need here is a complete physical examination, a complete physical checkup is in order, so if you'll get up and go behind the screen and take up all your little things, I'll go in the other room, I'll get my equipment, and I'll be right back. But, Doctor, are you sure? Just trust me, I'm certain. Go ahead. Everything? Everything. Oh, well, what do I have to lose? Besides, he's very handsome. And a doctor's not a pervert like some people I know. We're back to talk about uh, Pretty Peaches and give our uh, personal reviews here. So I'll go ahead and pass it off to Jeremy here, Mm. our resident review man. Yeah, I'm the 
I'm a film critic. Um, well, you know, I think this film's legacy more than anything else. Um, you can say it was a, probably an influence on 1987's Overboard with Kurt Russell and Goldie Hawn, where uh, Kurt Russell becomes the caretaker of an amnesiac housewife who fell overboard. But, I don't know, maybe they, maybe no one ever saw that. But um, I'd like to think so. I think so. I thought it was going to be more like that going into it with a lot of like hijinks related between the three people, but uh, that wasn't necessarily the case. Regardless of its legacy or not, uh, it's still a fine piece of hardcore debauchery. Um, I think it's probably most closely classified with uh, the films that were kind of coming into vogue at that point, like the gross-out sex comedies like uh, Animal House or Kentucky Fried Chicken, um, in that it's Kentucky Fried Movie, not okay. Kentucky Fried Chicken. <laughs> uh, when you're from Kentucky, it's just uh, you just kind of finish a sentence in your brain before you finish it. But yeah, um, so, you know, um, so, yeah, the humor is basically like the lowest common denominator kind of stuff, which helps a little bit in right. making the film seem a little less unseemly when they're doing things like loosening her clothes to check to make sure she's still breathing or when her job interview goes from uh, coercive to a giant double dildo fantasy orgy. Right. Um so, you know, uh, but yeah, the story for the most part, it just kind of bounces peaches from, you know, like absurd episode to absurd episode, um, which I think those are, those films are really the heart of the movie. That's what you want to see. Like you get the enema scene and the lesbian fantasy orgy and the, uh, the oiliest orgy I've ever seen at the end of the film. Right. Um, and I think it does kind of dwell too long on some of the other actors scenes, like the stuff with John Leslie or with Joey Silvera and Ken Scudder. But uh, Dorenzi does kind of bring all those plot points back together and ties them together for the finale, which is telegraphed a little bit in advance. But right. personally, I couldn't stop looking away because I knew the moment was coming when uh, everything was uh, going to come to a head. <laughs> um, I didn't expect her to necessarily be giving head when that happened, but right, you know, it's a nice surprise. I would say that one of the better moments in the mm -hmm. movie is when they start to build tension in the orgy scene at the end, because yeah. we we realize that both Peaches and her dad are in the orgy, yeah, and we kind of close proximity. We know that something's going to happen mm -hmm. there, and uh, Dorenzi decides, hey. Let's just go for it. Right. It's like when you see Oedipus and he, he realizes he married his mom and he pops his eyes out with some uh, needles. Yeah. Um, in this case, Peaches seemed not too upset about it. No. Uh, uh, her he was... dad was a little more upset about mm -hmm. it. Definitely. Um, but, you know, those criticisms aside... Uh, I think this one's well worth seeing for people who appreciate the greasier, stupider things in life. Right. Yeah, you know, our kind of people. <laughs> <laughs> I have very mixed feelings on this film. Mm -hmm. um, Under understandable. Yeah, I mean, it's 
I appreciate uh, the level of depravity in this film. It's they really go for it, and I appreciate that. Like mm-hmm. the enema scene uh, is <laughs> completely unexpected and yeah. wild, and definitely not something you well expect to see when you're going into any sort of movie, including a pornographic film. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just. There is a tendency in uh, hardcore films of this age and even softcore films of this age uh, to play fast and loose with the ideas of consent and stuff. Uh, <laughs> some films, it's just like straight up focusing on rape and playing it in a serious manner, some in a more goofy manner, mm-hmm. and this kind of falls more into that latter category. Yeah. there, There's just... I can kind of turn my brain off from that a lot of the time, but especially once it gets to the uh, strap-on orgy mm-hmm. and Peaches is just straight up crying, at that point it loses a lot of the fun for me. Um, but at the same time, this film has uh, just, it does a lot. It's, it's, very, it's, it's very well made for what it is. Yeah. Uh, I appreciate the levels of weird wildness that it t- that it goes to. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just uh, I have several cringy moments in it. I guess I would call them. Um, yeah, I would agree with. You probably have a lot of those in common. Um, and it's really I don't have a ton of those moments in pornos, um, especially the more lighthearted ones. Right. But this 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 one brought that up a little yeah. bit for me, which kind of dampers my uh, overall opinion of it. Mm-hmm. But it's still, in a lot of ways, a great film. And Desiree Cousteau is amazing mm-hmm. and looks awesome in it. And uh, that really helps uh, sway me over. Yeah. So uh, overall, I would say that somebody who is uh, into this type of cinema should definitely go out of their way to see this just... You know, be aware of, well, at this point you should be aware, because uh, we went through everything. Just, you know, be aware of what we're dealing with here, uh, because it's not going to be everybody's cup of tea, but there is, uh, there's quite a bit of variety in this film, and it really stands out amongst its peers. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So, uh, any final thoughts on Pretty Peaches? Um... I watched the enema scene twice, and <laughs> I can't really think of many movies where I go back just to check something out again. Um, maybe like The Shining or The Wicker Man, which are you know high up on the echelon where uh, genre film meets art film. So maybe it's art, and if it's not art, I don't know what art is, but I know what I like, and I liked it. Awesome. Yeah. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, that is Pretty Peaches. Um, We hope that you enjoy listening to us and, uh, you know, stress out our depraved minds and try to make sense of all of this and uh, give a thoughtful and thorough analysis of everything. Mm -hmm. Um, So, thanks again for listening to us. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app, Thingy. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Uh, send any questions or sponsorships to raincoatreport at gmail.com. And where are we at at social media? Uh, we still just have the Instagram. It's at Rainbow Report. Rainbow Report? Raincoat Report. Raincoat Report? Yes. It's, um, it's at the Raincoat Report. Yes. So we've got uh, Instagram as well, The rain, at, at Raincoat Report. I did get the name right, so yeah, it's at Raincoat Report. Not the Raincoat Report, just Raincoat Report. Yes. Okay, so both the email address and the uh, Instagram are Raincoat Report, uh, the email at gmail.com. Um, so for Jeremy, I'm Boss, uh, reminding you guys to help us keep 42nd Street alive, and don't forget your raincoat. Yeah, how do you want